0: Tony why why are you anxious about being on this
1: podcast I'm I'm anxious about talking to people in general I'm I'm anxious if I if I call and order a pizza you have that much anxiety but I don't really it's like you know like once I start talking to people I'm fine but there's weird things that I have that I just don't like doing all based around social anxieties probably and you know the thing is I haven't had it as much since I started working in or until I started working at comics. That made it worse. But I'm at home by myself all the time with my cats. But maybe that's why? Yeah, I've become a recluse. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's an interesting thing. I never thought of that. The I was never that like
1: that before when I was in a studio.
0: And... So do you find, like, at a convention, like, by, like, day three, you're, like, your anxiety is getting lower? Yeah. Because you're around people? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's why I look forward to this, when we get have some drinks and stuff and do this. And then you're like, oh, we're going to do it in the morning. No drinks
0: Well why didn't you say Hey can we do it Like I would have yeah, been fine Yeah that's cool <laughs> I just figured you had Other stuff lined up I mean no I could move shit
1: around You
2: guys can make Drinks right
0: now Oh
1: yeah go. If you want a drink I can fix you a drink Well I don't want to be that guy well, I'll be like the alcoholic You know That's like can't function I mean unless I'll, I have, I'll a, have
0: a drink with have you a drink I've got a really good bourbon And ginger beer We can make If you want one I'll make one Sure Alright okay Let me pause And we'll make a drink all right, feel better now, Tony? Yeah, yeah. I'm so, you got I, your medicine? I, I don't have the shakes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not anxiety. You're an alcoholic, I understand. <laughs> uh, so how long have you been out here in Portland now? Uh, just over two
1: years. So we did... Oh, shit, I, I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah, yeah, time flies. Like, it was, uh, it'll was. it be three years in February that we um, brought Serena out here to start her job. And then... Uh, June after that, I brought the kids.
0: So all right, so you moved from Atlanta, yeah, to here. So I, I, there's a lot of shit I want to talk about, um, but primarily, so when you
1: were in Atlanta, your wife Serena was freelance. Yeah, for the most part, we always jump back and forth too. When we had the kids, like they never went to daycare or anything like that. We always jump mm-hmm. back and forth, and one of us would stay home with the kids. Okay, so either she would go to work, I'd stay home with Jay. Like, our oldest, I had him for, like, the first two years of his life. Mm -hmm. And then we'd switch back and forth, and I went and did I was still doing graphic design stuff back then. In-house? Yeah. Okay. So, when I went freelance, for good, it was in 2004. So, it's been 15 years since I went freelance.
2: Shit.
1: Yeah. And at that point, it was pretty much all me.
0: All you? Like, I was the breadwinner. Right. And that's a really hard way to be
1: yeah but i felt like that was one of the biggest accomplishments I had. yeah that's awesome
0: I yeah mean, yeah it, you know it took me a while to like get that mindset like this is fucking impressive
1: yeah this is pretty badass well just being an illustrator yeah in this day and age yeah is impressive like if you can make a living as an illustrator yeah but like to to raise a family and be like a breadwinner right as an illustrator that was one of my biggest accomplishments. That's also like one a, of the hardest things to do. I could just I could walk away at this point. And But the mental game of that is
0: rough. T- I mean, not t- the fact that you can actually make it work, but also just mentally, like,
1: not letting it destroy you. Like, all the worry yeah. of, like, what's next? And how am I going to do this? and Yeah, it was rough. There were definitely some times where it was like, uh, and, you know, it's freelance. I mean, it's beast or famine. Right. And for the longest time, I just would take everything. <laughs> But yeah, we all did. And then there got to a point where um, I was doing D.C. stuff. And, you know, it was it was definitely good money, but it wasn't consistent. Right. Um, it was it was fairly consistent, but but you'd get the thing where, like, all of a sudden a book would be done, and they'd be like, nope, I, I don't have anything else for you. I don't know what's going to be right. next. And, and like, can... I can't live that way. Right. That's what I mean, that mental game. Yeah. Of like, oh, shit. I gotta always
0: be hunting,
1: but that's why. Like, I ended up turning down DC stuff in the end, and I went to IDW because they offered you longer projects. Yeah, because I've been doing Star Trek for like six years. So the security of like an IDW, even though they didn't pay what DC was paying, was better for you. Right. Exactly. Okay. And it was it's... consistent. I would take. I would take lower paying, consistent work. Peace of mind. Over high paying. Where I didn't know what my next gig was gonna be, or if there was gonna be yeah. four months of no work. It gives you peace of mind. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's the, I think the hardest aspect to live in this way is having that, like,
0: either just accepting that, just believing, like, yeah, I'll, I'll find something
1: next. Like getting to that point where you're. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I need to have something lined up. But I mean, I you know, it's like you, as like I have kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but then there was a point where you were both freelance. Yeah, she started working with Bob's Red Mill out here. Mm-hmm. And she was because she went to culinary school, and she was working with them from Atlanta. Yeah, right. So she was um, she was doing recipe development and blog posts and stuff like that for probably six years. But I mean, freelance with them, it's not like it was like a regular like higher paying gig. It was, you know. Uh, you know, $500 a post or something like that. And she'd okay. do, you know, 12, 24 a month or something like that. So it was good supplemental income. Yeah. yeah but it wasn't yeah. like, you know, taking over. Right. Paying the bills. Right. Okay. Um, but then they offered her this job out here where she was, you know, running Instagram, Facebook. And that's salaried. Yeah. So you were providing insurance back in the yeah, that's a killer. Yeah, we never, the, the only time I've ever been without insurance was right after we got married. Because once you get married, you know you're off your parents' mm-hmm. insurance. Mm-hmm. During that two-month time, I had an emergency, I had an appendectomy. Oh, shit. That costs, would have cost $40,000. What? And I was living in Tennessee at the time. It was like, I was out of school, didn't have a job. We had just gotten married because we got married so young. How old were you? 20. Holy shit. And I had this like, I had this feeling like all night. It's like you had to take a poop, but you couldn't take a poop. And it's like this constant pain in the, in the gut. Oh. And I get, it would take me to the hospital, emergency epidectal. So you caught it early. Yeah. It didn't burst and you were- it, it was starting to seep. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, shit. All right, but so. that was the period that I didn't have insurance. So from that point on, I was like, all right, whatever it takes, I'm gonna have insurance. So I always paid for it myself. Well, how did you pay for that? Just it was just another bill. How do you pay for cable? How, how do you much, pay for your mortgage? Right, but how much was that bill? Like nine hundred bucks at the, the peak. I mean I've never it Yeah, But the total was forty thousand? Well that oh no, that particular one in Tennessee, like thank God for like the Tennessee healthcare system, but they had a thing called 10 care. Where if you didn't have a job and you were, you know, down on your luck, basically it's they took care of it. So we had, had to go, we had to go to these meetings and stuff and like prove that we didn't have income. And so you, okay. Like immediately when I got into the hospital, my parents went and they were like, they knew what was going on and mm-hmm. they knew that I didn't have insurance and they signed me up for 10 care. So you didn't have to pay for it? I didn't pay for it. Oh, so the $900 a month, you're talking about insurance costs. Yeah. This is like, this is outside right. of that whole problem. This okay. was, yeah, right. that one was taken care of. Okay. I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then you get insurance then I got insurance.
0: Um did was there so you were buying your own insurance before the Affordable Health Care Act. Yeah. How did that change
1: insurance for you? Uh it when that came along it dropped it significantly.
0: Yeah, that allowed me to afford it for the first yeah. time. And that's why I was able to leave
1: my job. Right. I mean it became just a regular payment. It became a car payment instead of a mortgage payment. Right, right. The equivalent of what I was paying Right. But, you know, like having, like, like Serena had a tumor, so she had this pre-existing thing, so it's like, insurance has never been that cheap for us.
0: I don't think it's cheap for anyone, do Yeah, you? probably not. I think, the thing about, like, for me, like, even when I was at SCAD and I was on, like, their insurance, you're still always getting hit with costs. Yeah. It's like, you're like, why do I have insurance? Like, you go to the doctor yeah. and they're like, that'll be $75 for your visit today. I'm like,
1: what am i paying insurance but insurance in the 90s was great i remember paying for that and not really being a thing and i remember having we'd get vision insurance where you could get glasses every year yeah you know yeah and now here i am when i actually really need them and i'm like can i am i am i due for glasses can i get glasses
0: right
1: right it's it's a scam it is it's
0: they're just making money off all of us so yeah needs to be fixed it does need. I to feel fix. like the Affordable health Care was like the start of heading in a direction to fix it. It wasn't the right. solution. It allowed me to have health insurance, but then carrying that bill every month—that's brutal. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. I mean, it was anywhere, depending on the year, anywhere from like seven fifty to eleven hundred for us.
1: It's insane. And no one should have to
0: pay that for health insurance. It's
1: more than my mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And even on top of that, we were spending another two to $300 just on doctor's visits. Like, if a kid got sick or you needed some medicine. I mean, like, Steph has some prescriptions she has to take every month. And the amount of money you pay for this shit is crazy.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's why we moved out here. It helped us just... It gave us a breather. It gave me the opportunity to not have to do a monthly book. Because she had a salary and benefits. Yeah. She had the benefits, and hers was basically taking care of of the monthly bills. Now, granted, it's more expensive, like, living out here. Right. But. You've got more peace of mind now. Yeah.
0: Well, we just started getting insurance through Steph's work. That has been such a, like, weight lifted off. But also, insurance we're getting seems to, like, cover so much more than anything we've ever had covered before.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I really haven't had to use it.
0: Yeah, like I, I, I haven't. But like, whenever she goes or the kids go, and just to know, like on this policy, urgent care is free.
1: Yeah. Which, Actually, dental I've used a lot recently. Would you? I've have? broken two teeth. Like in the past just year. What? I don't know, man. I think my like old. my Tennessee like hillbilly roots are coming out now. <laughs> I mean, <I'm> like, <laughs> Your teeth are just. They're just breaking. The great excess well, no, of the first one. teeth. The first one was bad. Like, it was full-on redneck shit where, like, Serena <laughs> and I walked up to the store, because you walk everywhere here. We walked up to the store, and we got a bunch of ciders. We're trying a bunch of ciders. Like, there's so many drinks you could have here. It's amazing. Like, alcoholic ciders? Of course. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know you. I'm just the audience <laughs> okay. to know. Is he talking so, about
0: fresh apple cider?
1: So we walked back, and they were in a backpack. So they shook up a little bit. Uh-huh. So I opened I popped one open, and it was a glass bottle. Popped one open. It started to foam all over. So my dumb ass went to, like, suck the foam off of it <laughs> and cracked my... It, I broke my front tooth in half. Oh, shit. It's like this left one. It just, yeah. And immediately, I look like Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> my daughter did that same thing. Oh, my God. Was it like a baby tooth
0: or an adult no, tooth? No, it was adult tooth. It was at my sister's wedding Oof! at the rehearsal dinner the night before. But luckily, so my sister got married at Chateau mm-hmm. Lawn, which is an yep. hour drive from my house. So like this happened at night. I went on, found a dentist near our house. Like there was nothing near Chateau Alan that I knew anything about. So we got out the next morning and I drove her forty minutes out to the dentist.
1: They fixed it right up and drove her back. It was ready for the wedding. It's so it's like miraculous what they can do with that stuff. It was like, unreal. hatchet. Totally like it looks better than my real tooth. Yeah, I'm like, man, can you just fix unreal. the rest of the stuff? And, and, you know, the dentist said this
0: might last, might not. Like, eventually she may need a crown, yeah. but it's holding up great.
1: And then my next one was a crown that I got. It was like a filling that they, like, bowled out too big, and it just shattered. It just imploded.
3: Oh. Oh. I know. Uh,
1: I have one crown. I've gotten to that age, though, that, like, they say that the old fillings actually give you micro fractures in your teeth. Oh, really? So your teeth are getting more brittle the older you get because of those microfractures from the fillings from when you were a kid. Ugh. Yeah. It's depressing. Ugh. Getting old is a little. That's hard, man. I mean, I feel pretty young,
0: and I take good care of myself. Yeah. But I still feel shit.
1: I started feeling a little old recently, though. Hey, how old are you now? 44. All right, I'm 47. Mm. What did you start hey, feeling you old. recently? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think part of it, like, I was staying in good shape and I was running with the cross-country team in Atlanta. So I was in good enough shape that I could actually keep up with some of the faster kids. Faster kids, not the fastest kids. But I was still, they started calling me Pop-Pop. So I had this nickname that stuck. That's awful. So I was the old guy. I was Pop-Pop. And then what was crazy was all these new kids that started coming in only knew me as Pop-Pop. They didn't know my name. I was Pop Pop That old guy So yeah When you get that nickname You start feeling it a bit That's a really old nickname As far as old names Well they gave it to me Because they're assholes They knew what they were doing Of course Of course It all started with my kids And like their group of friends That were always there But It was It was a loving I thought you were going to say Like I'm feeling old Because my knees hurt Or some shit No no I actually feel pretty good Physically Um, Except for like My teeth shattering yeah. That's yeah. all downhill from here. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but, yeah. No, other than that, it's, like, I actually feel pretty good. Um, but, you know, you also get to that point when you're, like, middle-aged where you, like, you start hanging out with people and you realize you're the old guy in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know?
1: So it's that But kind do of you stuff. feel,
0: it's like, mindful. for me, like,
1: yes, I'm the old guy, but,
0: like, when, like, there's a school function and all the parents are there, I look around and I'm, like, oh, yeah? I don't look like them
1: you're the like, young one.
0: Well, I mean, they're younger than me, some of them, yeah. but I look younger and I act younger and, you know, I'm not, I don't look like a s- typical suburban dad yeah. necessarily. Yeah.
1: So, it's yeah. a weird thing. I think one of the things, too, is moving to Portland actually made me feel older. So, sure, living in the burbs of Atlanta... I felt like one of the cool guys out right, there. Right, right, you right. You move here, it doesn't you're matter how many tattoos you have.
2: Right, you're just
0: another one. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: I'm like an old conservative, which I'm not conservative, but like right. here, I feel like I am. Right, right. I am pop pop out here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the pop pop Portland pop pop. <laughs> um, something that like, uh, I I think it would be fun to talk about. So before you left Atlanta, yeah. You were starting to do some, like, commissions that were traditional media. Yeah. And you're pretty much an all-digital guy.
1: I mean, I'm only all-digital commercially just because I can crank so much out. For sure. No, I I get it. I did the math a while back, and it started being where, like, when I would sell a piece of mine, like, if I was doing a page, it would take me, like, a day to do it, Mm -hmm. a day to ink it. It was basically, so it was two days to do a page. Yeah. Traditionally. Sometimes I would sell it, sometimes I wouldn't. I'd go to conventions and see these guys that I like look at that are gods to me that are selling these pages for like 25 bucks a pop. Right. I'm like the math doesn't work out. Right. So if I can do a page digitally, pencils and inks, a page a day or more, money-wise it works out better to just do that and not do stuff to sell. Because I'm not selling, so I'm not selling pages for 800 bucks. Sure, books. sure. But
0: I mean, okay, so along that that those lines, did you enjoy digital more,
1: the same as traditional, or did it not matter? I love doing traditional. Okay. I mean I love keeping a sketchbook. Right. I mean if if I if I hit the lottery and quit comics tomorrow, which I probably wouldn't quit comics anyway, I'd probably just do my own stuff. Right. I think we all have yeah that mentality. I would just do I would just draw traditionally. I'd fill sketchbooks. I'd do pages mm-hmm. traditionally. I wouldn't be tied to just doing realistic shit like I'm hired to do right now because that's not really my style that's just what really no no what's like, your style way more cartoony I've never seen you anything but what I like it's because nobody ever sees it because nobody hires me to do it what did you bring your sketchbook no I want to see it will you email me yeah something? I'll send you I would some I'd love stuff. to see this yeah
0: I guess what I'm getting at is did you just see your artwork as a job like for me like I know I could make more money if I were to go digital Mm-hmm. But it would take away so much of what I love about doing this. It would feel like work. Yeah. And yeah, I'd be making more money, but I wouldn't be enjoying myself. And I think the work would
1: suffer. And I'd feel like I lost that luxury when I had kids. I feel yeah. like I mean, if it I can live. That's a
0: responsible answer. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I I, yeah, I guess I'm irresponsible
0: that way. Man up, man. Just, you know. But I am manning up. I'm 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 staying true to myself. <laughs> And I'm making my family suffer for it. Exactly, it. <laughs> right?
1: I mean, that's the thing. I, I I just, I knew I needed to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I, I don't enjoy cranking out a bunch of, like, likeness books and stuff like that. Yeah. It's okay. like, nothing, I don't, I just, I know that I can do it. People hire me for it. I mean, you found, like, Chaykin always talks to me about finding something
0: that you're good at that you can exploit to make a living, and
3: yeah.
0: you, like it's a practical way of thinking,
1: and it could be worse. I mean, I'm not digging ditches, right? Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a pretty luxurious thing to do. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I started out. I started oil painting when I was like ten, oh, you know. Shit. So, and you know, doing the stuff guys in with Brian and the figure drawing classes, just doing traditional you know, pastels and stuff like that. Right. It's like, that's what I enjoy doing.
0: Well, how does someone who's cartoony end up doing, like, realistic likeness books? Because I can separate it in my mind. But how did you even
1: land in that position? Like, how did you, you get offered that work? Any, any job, like, mm-hmm. if you look at your career, anybody's career, it's it's connect the dots all the way back. And I can connect everything back to, like, like one dinner with Ben Abernathy, you know, 15 years ago, whatever it may have been. Um, That started me with, like, DC, and I was doing DC work, and, like, that was DCU, so it wasn't, you know, likenesses or anything, but I I was pretty good at that, and then, like, I'd get hired on to do the stuff with DC that wasn't DCU, and it was, like, the Vampire Diaries, and Burn notice and stuff like license that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, license stuff. Right. But once you go down that path and they see you can do it, there's not a lot of guys that can or are willing to do right. it. Right, and deal with the I, I assume you have to right. deal with approval from agents and shit like that. Yeah, there's more levels of approval for right. sure. Because right. it's the levels at DC, it's the levels that you know whoever's hiring you to do it. It's the same with Star Trek with IDW, but like that's a connect the dots too, because Sarah Gatos was at DC. Mm-hmm. She was an assistant editor mm-hmm. I worked with. And then um, she went to IDW, and she was on the Star Trek title. And she was like, I know a guy. So oh, okay. you just get pulled into this whole thing, and then all of a sudden you look back, and like the bulk of your career has been likeness stuff. Uh, yeah, we just met her at uni yeah, a couple days ago. Yeah, she I got a, a nice bump up here, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. it was kind of crazy. Because she was down in San Diego, well, L.A., then San Diego. And then we both end up here. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's nice to actually get together and hang out with her. So you've been doing Star Trek now for six years. Yeah. And it started out monthly. So probably for the oh, first it's not monthly f- anymore. Probably for the first four years, it was monthly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I started doing their, like, it's like the Discovery TV show books. You know, the new the one. Star-, the Disco- Star Trek Discovery? Yeah. Yeah. The new TV show. Uh-huh. And, like, it took a little longer to get out just because of, like, the approval process. And mm-hmm. there's a new book and was a new property and um, just more eyes on it. So, it became a little bit less of a monthly thing. And then it became just, like, batches of three or six books, stuff like that. Okay.
0: So, So what is your day like in terms, of, like, your mindset? Like,
1: here you are. Work, are you Do you enjoy the work? Or yeah. Is it just work? It can be both. Okay. But, yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, that's the thing. Is like... You have to find something on that page that you enjoy.
2: Okay.
1: It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you might be drawing likenesses, you might be drawing in a style that you don't particularly care for, but you have to find something you enjoy. You, do you have to make it a challenge.
0: Pages in a way where you're like, because I do that. If I can find like a way, like if it's a really boring scene, like or not a if it's just a talking scene, I'm gonna look for. Excuse me. Either something I can use as a visual metaphor, or something that. I can make it look interesting. It'll yeah. give me like like a purpose in my page.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, I was doing graphic design before this, so uh-huh. like the design part kicks in. You know, you're designing the page, you're designing the layout.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So like that can be interesting, even if like, you know, the style may not be as right. Extreme. Well,
0: that's, I mean, for me, that's like making the page an interesting thing to just look at in yeah. the arrangement of panels before even the drawings come into play.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, see, that's the thing, too. It's like making it interesting and having fun. Before, when I was doing graphic design, I still enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the challenge of whatever it may have been. Right, right. If it's a brochure that I have to do, I'm going to enjoy that challenge, and I'm going to find something in that that I enjoy. Right. Well, yeah, that's the trick. You know? For yeah. sure.
0: But, like, I'm at a point now where I want to change that to where I am just working on stuff I love working on not yeah. looking for the joy within it because it's not terribly joyful. I want to be doing stuff that I'm really into. But, Are you there yet though? Uh, no, I'm, I'm building towards that. Like I, I basically like most page rate work has been cut out of my income stream and I've replaced it with other things that I enjoy more so that it will allow me to then move into creator owned comics, which is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's like, 2019 has been like a plan of how do I transition so that
1: within 2020 I start that right, and that's one of the things I was trying to do. Like I started doing creator own this last year, and that, let me go back. I started my career with creator own stuff, and I also kind of started the likeness thing with that too. So that was I the shop- uh, Rosario, yeah Dawson Rosario Dawson, yeah. yeah. So just for the for the people listening, what, what was the title? On, on that, that was the Occult Crimes Task Force. It was shit. was shitty. It was not good. But I mean, you look back at anything old, you know, you don't sure. enjoy it as much. But, I mean, it was how, it was fine. How us. did you get called in on that project? So David Atchison, the writer, right. he knew Rosario um, through, through Gus through Gus, and um, they brought me in because David and I wanted to work on something. and He knew I could do likenesses. Were you doing
0: any comics at this
1: point? That was my first sequential stuff. So how did David know you and your work? We tried to pitch stuff together. We were trying to get in the industry at the same time. Okay. okay. And we were like, and I remember, um, uh, I think it was Mark Silvestri had said, at one because I was showing my portfolio and it was all cover stuff. And he was like, if you want to do covers, you got to do sequentials. I was like, all right. well. That's such an our generation thing to say. Yeah. Like nowadays, they don't give a fuck. They don't care. But back then, it's like they wanted to see sequentials. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll do sequentials. And I did this project with David. And I was still doing graphic design at the time. It was still a full-time gig. So I'd come home, have dinner with the family, go back to work until 2 or 3 o'clock. You, you would work out of the house yeah. and that stuff. And I'd get up the next morning, you know, 5 o'clock, go yeah. to my day job. I, I did the same thing. I think everybody has to.
0: I don't know I think maybe people families have to yeah yeah uh, it depends I, I mean uh, there are so many like comic book artists whose like spouse is like makes a really nice living yeah and it'll, it affords them to kind of just do their thing um
1: and we kind of fell into that now
0: yeah I'm, I'm like like finally like Steph and I are like equal income earners yeah. like for the first time ever Serena's it's like, so oh shit! Sure. I might have some
1: room to breathe at some point. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. That's that's the light at the end of the tunnel for me. Just having that breathing room. Yeah. But right now too, I'm paying for kids in college. You know, like I'm paying their college. Yeah. I want to give that to them. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I so mean, when when college is done, and you know Serena's still at this job, and we we kind of have a grip on our, because I mean it's still tight right now, but it's because we're paying for college. Right. I want to give that as a gift to my kids. That's great. Because I, I mean, my parents definitely helped us out as much as they could, but I still had. And you have how many in college too? Two. They're both in college. Yeah, Max took some time off. Um, he may do the tattoo thing. Which yeah. I'm so all what's for. he in college for? Honestly, he's going to make money quick and easy doing tattoo. I know, right? Yeah. The only problem is he's like he's not good with people. I'm like you realize you oh, have to be. Oh well, like, that's that's the problem. Like you have to, <laughs> you're working on people. Yeah, you got to converse with them. You got to help them through the pain. Like I you think he distract needs. Him. He could probably he needs to actually work on that. Like it it would probably do him good to actually be around people like that. Does he have social anxieties? Is that what it is? Probably, probably. Get from that from, de- from pop up. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that I had it, but I swear it's gotten worse over the years.
0: Well, sure. I mean, you say hold up in your thing. Well, Jim, you have no social anxieties,
2: no, uh, and you work alone all day, but he's just cool. But he no, I. Cool. I mean, things started to change when I turned 44 years ago, where I've told you that's when I did develop anxiety, which we're going to talk about, it's like a stomach condition where we're going to talk about that. I started getting cramps and I went to three different stomach doctors in LA and I got every test, every germ, bacteria test, ultrasound, and they were like, nothing is physically wrong with your stomach. And then I I realized, culture. oh, it's. (laughs) Stress and anxiety yeah. manifesting.
0: Why is it so hard and for them just to manifests manifests go there
2: first? For me, it manifested with age. Like, I never felt it before. And then I was like, why am I overthinking everything? Oh, man. we've yeah. just thoughts. I, I know boy, we're going to take this tomorrow. Cause, but I don't yeah. want to interrupt you guys. No, no, no. I, I But I, I just... We were talking. And
0: I'm but hearing what Tony said... No, you'll
1: make it more interesting. I
2: didn't have any of that until recently. Yeah. And maybe it comes from years and years and years of being alone at a table you have a family but the work is still you zoned in at a table yeah and to all of us it's like maybe after all these years that's not a healthy
1: way
3: i'm sure i'm wondering
2: yeah
1: and i think some of that stuff just comes with age in general like you know your body mind starts to change it breaks down like you go through shifts in life Sure. I mean, that's exactly what I was feeling. But then getting into
0: like daily meditation and yoga, it was like I steered out of
1: it. Yeah. And I became much healthier from that. You know what I miss the most about the South is Mm -hmm. the place that we used to have. um, Barbecue? Yeah. (laughs) That would be a hard one for me. Um, We had 50 acres behind us. That wasn't ours. Like we didn't. But it was like. Our neighborhood had 10 acres of green space. The other neighborhood did. And it all connected to like this, essentially like a drainage system that the city had to get to. But there's like 50 acres of green space back there, just woods. Anytime I felt anxious, I could go walk in the woods, totally disappear. Really? Totally disappear. Nice. Like I have a connection with that kind of thing. Like just going and wandering, taking little macro photography of mushrooms and shit. Oh, yeah. was so peaceful. And what's crazy is I moved to the Pacific Northwest and I thought that it'd be the same. But I live in the city. I right. can't walk out my back door and go into like just wander in the woods. Right, right. It's a bit of a... But, so have you been hiking
0: since you
1: been out here? Yeah, some. But I actually hate like hiking on paths. You're I so want to go finicky. wander. I know. <laughs> oh, I know, okay. Do you I, know? Get yeah, I get that. I just want to go... I don't want to be around a bunch of people mm-hmm. hiking with their kids and stuff like that. I want to just... Wandering, going to the woods, and at my own pace, and it doesn't even have to be far. Like there would be times in Georgia where I'd just go walk in the woods, and I'd only make it probably twenty-five yards, but I'd be doing it with macro photography. Right, right. And you just get out. World just disappears. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Well, is
0: it specifically the woods for you, or is like the beach do the same thing?
1: The Beach does not do it for me. I know, I, I always see you going to the beach and it's so relaxing for you and stuff uh, like that. And I never even went for to the me, beach until so I was like 22. What? I lived on the lake in Tennessee. Oh, lakes so, freak me so out. So that's where it takes me back. I need water or woods.
0: I mean, I feel it in the mountains for sure. Yeah. But water is such a big part of it for me. But like moving water, not those no stagnant water. <laughs>
1: well, give me a stream or a creek, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that's going to do it for me. That's good. But it, yeah, I like the waves. I just don't like the heat. I love the heat. Yeah, you I got do. the you got the blood, man. I'm I'm pasty. I got <laughs> I got like well, you're Welsh. From the South. I know I got like Welsh blood in me. <laughs>
0: so
1: this is like what what your
0: ancestors. This weather here is what where you come from.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I'm home. That's why I don't mind in the winter. Just kind of that gray gloom. It can get depressing. But you know, it's just I think I think this is more me.
0: Yeah, I wonder if like maybe it's just me. Like if I if I were to move out here, when the depression sinks in, it's just a f- matter of figuring out. Okay, well, what? How do you correct this? Yeah, uh, there is a calm to it. Like you know, being in a city, you're ramped up, so there's yeah. anxiety in that too.
1: Was well, driving in Atlanta? You you're just yeah. Luckily, up. I don't do that too much. But yeah, here is like everybody's just kind of chill. You know. Yes. Yes, yes. And, you know, and like what we were talking about earlier, it's like wintertime hits and everybody just kind of hunkers down. You know, they sit in their house, they, you know, they'll watch movies. Here? They, yeah. Because they, it kind of gets a little gray and dark right. and drizzly and stuff like that. But people still get out. You'll go, they'll go to bars and stuff. Yeah, I mean, but, I was going to say, it's a drinking town, it seems. Yeah, it totally um, is a drinking I, town. That's one of the problems that my kids had when they got here. Oh, they started there was nothing to no. There was nothing to do. But oh, because they weren't of age. Shit. Let me tell you this. Actually, I don't even know if I should tell this publicly, but I should, I'm going to do it anyway. That's what I love to hear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, we always we were the laid back parents where we always told the kids, "All right, you're going to drink. We all drink when we were kids. But if you do it, don't be stupid. If, you know, you need a ride. Just give us a call. It's fine." Did you raise them with
0: the ability to have alcohol
1: dinner if they wanted it? Yeah. Um, we never pushed it. They never truly wanted it. Max, our youngest one, always had a... He, had a, he has a good palate. Like, I think he's got his My mom's palate. Yeah. Like, we gave him... We gave the kids bourbon.
3: Yeah. Like,
1: because they were interested. And, you know, Jay was just like, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Max was like, I kind of get a little vanilla. Yeah, it's like, always the
0: same way. She, she likes bourbon. And yeah. Like, I remember we were watching... It was like when Daredevil just came on Netflix... And we were watching it, and it was like uh, Matt was a kid. And his dad had just come back from a fight. was all beat up, and Matt and Matt had to stitch him up. So he pours him a glass of whiskey, and I was like, oh, that looks fucking good. So I went and poured yeah. myself one, and Zach's on TV. And he's like, Dad, let me try. I give it to him, and he sipped it and freaked out. I was like, oh, that's the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. Yeah.
1: But yeah, go ahead. Ajay. I mean, he's 21 now, so he's legal, which is great, because he's, like, he's the more social one in, in the family where he'll, like, hang out with us and we'll watch movies and he'll have drinks and stuff like that.
3: So I'm he's gonna good.
1: got back to the story. story. So, so they now it's fine and everything, but, like, a few years ago, I think it's two years ago, um, they went back to Georgia to hang out with some friends, and they were at, like, a, one of our friends' houses, like, a cross-country group that we all hung out with. So um, they all got, they were drinking and being stupid and got sick and stuff like that. Like the parents told us and we're like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. And it came out that like Max, since he's been here, smoked weed. And like Max was. How did you
0: raise them with
1: weed? Well, weed was never really a part of the thing because it was illegal in Georgia. Right. Like I know guys like you.
0: Like we always raise our kids with facts or like. Look, when it comes to marijuana, there's really no problem other than the fact that it's illegal yeah. and having it's a crime,
1: but physically you're, you're fine. Yeah. Um, we didn't really, I guess we didn't talk to them about weed as much because we didn't have it around as much. See, it was Like weed. they would ask if I had done it and I was like, yeah, I've done it, you know, it's fine. It's like I, I was never a good smoker before. Right. Until I moved to Oregon. I'm still not that good of a smoker, but <laughs> I got like the old man lungs. It Was like a wheeze and cough, but anyway, all right. I'm getting distracted here. So, so we told him it was fine with drinking and stuff like that, but we never really just thought about also putting weed or something like that into it, mm-hmm. because at the time in Georgia it was illegal. It just opens up a whole other can of worms. Well, it came out that like Max, since he had been in in Oregon, had been had smoked weed. Okay, sure. Like he was like that was a thing. What's the age here for buying? Twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. And Max is eighteen. And he was younger when he started doing it. And then we started questioning, we were like, wait a second, how, how, how'd you get it? I was like, through school? And he was like, no. And there was this long silence. And then he and Jay were laughing. He was like, yeah, I got a guy on Grinder.
0: <laughs> what?
1: What? So he so Max, our youngest, what? he basically would get these guys on Grinder and hook up. Mine with him. is like
0: a gay. It is, it is, at- but
1: it is, but he's not gay. <laughs> And he would basically use these guys and be like, "That's incredible!" and oh get God. them to be his, the, the mule to go in and get the weed, That's and then he would pay them wow. like what twenty a crafty bucks.
0: Crafty little boy. Yeah,
1: and I just was laughing my ass off we, we had this long trip back from Seattle where they flew into, and just this whole time he was like, "Please don't take away my weed." And I'm like, "I'm not taking away your weed. I told you, you can you can do this stuff in front of us. Just be responsible." Right. And going a grinder of it. and
0: painting. Yeah.
1: I was like, what are you doing? I was like, that's dangerous. you're gonna get killed. I was like, I'll buy you weed. Um, I was oh, like, I good, just good, good, good. Yeah. yeah So I was like, I just don't want you going to fucking <laughs> yes. grinder oh and getting God. murdered because you didn't put out for one of these guys that's buying you weed. Oh my God. So since then everything's been very different. I mean, Max is actually like, he's actually taught he's taught me a lot about weed, honestly. Cause once he's into something, yeah. he like studies it. That's what's really nice about
0: weed being legal is there's information about yeah. it. Yeah, and you can like you know where like where it's legal, you know where it's coming mm-hmm. from,
1: what's in it. It's it's great. He's a smart kid. Like he built his own computer from scratch, like scratch, wow. when he was 13. And like when he when he wants to do something, he puts his head to it and he does it. That's good. And but yeah, he's responsible about it, and like he'll smoke. You know, and he's just really mellow to where, sure. you know, old Pop Pop has <laughs> drinks and gets mouthy.
0: <laughs> but since you've moved out here, because weed wasn't a part of your life in Georgia, but is yeah. it now here? Yeah. Like, what, what, is it just because you're like, eh, it's legal, let me try? Well, it's it? just, it's just, it's an easy option. Like, you right. can go and get that just but, like so you can go to the What are you store. getting out of having marijuana in your life now? <laughs> Is, is it just like a question. recreational thing or are you like oh shit my anxiety's better or? a little
1: bit of both and i think that's actually more of max because i think max had a bit of that anxiety and he gets that from it he gets that kind of calming thing from it mm-hmm. i mean for me it's a lot of like um if i just want to chill out one evening sure it's it's just a different feeling like it's just uh
0: oh i get it
1: you know oh, i yeah.
0: mean for me the best is just that combo
1: of like A glass of
0: wine and a couple puffs of weed, and it's just, that's that zone of awesomeness. Yeah. That's good stuff.
1: It's just that really mellow, just kind of hanging out and watching TV kind of thing. But it's funny because it's like Jay, you know, he'll be, I mean, their edibles are part of the thing, too. Sure. Where, like, you'll take an edible, and you just kind of sink into the couch. Right. And sometimes I want that, and sometimes I don't. Right. Like, sometimes I want to actually, like, have something that's going to pep me up a little bit. And so, I like, get a sativa. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, wine will do that for me. Wine so the combina- me Yeah.
0: yeah wine pets me I up. I get loud on wine. Oh, I get loud.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm thinking about, At first, it's like, wine chills me out. I'm like, wait a minute, Sean. Every time you're at a dinner at a convention oh, yeah. drinking wine, you're a loud
1: ass. You get mouthy. Yeah. I get mouthy, for sure. So, yeah, it depends on kind of what I'm looking for. But that's a good thing. It's like, before, all I had was... You know, wine or beer or bourbon or something right, like that. Right. And, you know, bourbon, I'll get, I'll get mouthy, but also I can get it, I could get a little bit mean too if I had too much of it. Wine is more of a mellow thing. Beer just kind of bloats me. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah.
0: Unless it's like I'm at
1: the beach and I'm drinking Corona all day. Like, yeah. That doesn't necessarily bloat me. So these things, like opening this up to me is just, I have, it's like a, a new world of like, well, what am I, what am I in the mood for now?
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: It's really nice, yeah.
0: But nothing, like, you're not exploring the medicinal properties
1: necessarily of it. I've started to, yeah. In what way? Well, like, especially with Serena recently because, like, she has, like, she'll have aches and pains and stuff like that. And she works out hard. Yeah, I do. And that helps me so much with that. Like, she had, like, her hip was hurting her real bad. Like, not her hip, but, like, this weird spot in, like, her glute over to the side. Did it go
0: down her leg?
1: Yeah, and shoot down her so leg. So Yeah. Yeah, I get that too. And she, you know, she would do a, like an edible or something like that. And she's fine. Yeah. You know, or should like just even just the CBD. Well, dude, that's what this is.
0: I have fe- like it. CBDs have become more interesting to me than weed. Yeah. This this flower right here that Jim has is what is this a two to one Jim? Oh no, it's a one to one. So it's like you get a tiny little bit of a high off it, but you get ma- just as much CBD, which yeah. it just chills you out. And I mean, for the kids, like with anxiety stuff, we've always been into giving them CBDs.
1: Yeah. And now that it's legal and I can get like these gummies. like Well, like my dad, my sister in Tennessee. I mean, you're talking about a super conservative area, area and they're like, they've got lotions and stuff like that. with like yeah. CBD. Yeah. Jim has stuff right there for his hands after day of drawing. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, that's so, good stuff,
0: though. Bomb. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, if I have enough when this trip is over, I want to get a, a tin of that. Cause, yeah, I mean, even, like, in, like, Steph's um, spa, they have some CBD products yeah. that are, like, Georgia Legal CBD, which is a much weaker way, like, than this stuff. Yeah. But even that, like, she bought she a thing home and, like, I'll rub it into my elbows if they're hurting or my shoulder and yeah.
3: it's
1: gone. It's so nice. It's amazing. I still feel like I'm doing something illegal when I go into a dispensary. I'm just a kid in a candy store. I mean, I went in there twice since I've been here
0: for no reason. Just because I can and I buy shit. And now I'm like mailing home a bunch of shit that we'll use, but... Can you mail it stuff home? Dude, I fly with it. I do everything Really? Yeah, I just... We were talking about this. When it started becoming legal, I remember... And it was James who told me this story. Uh, we were Lucas Jones. Oh yeah. We were at um Denver and it was like the first time I had been anywhere where it was like totally legal. And like I remember like me and Becky Cloonan wandered over there and we got a little bottle of gummies and we were walking over to the con like as it was opening. Like, Let's eat one. And I ate one and she ate one. And we were sitting across this crowded convention for each other. And I'm drawing and like I'm like, all right, here it comes. Like I'm starting to feel oh, it. Yeah. And I'm smiling. And I look up and I see like through elbows and through all these people, I see Becky's little face pop up and look at me with this giant smile. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. lost
1: it. Conventions, man. I haven't tried that with conventions, but I'm going to have to. Yeah, Jim,
0: gym, Jim's kind of... It's the cartoonist speedball where, yeah. like, you take a little weed and you get some coffee in you because the weed can take you down, but oh, the yeah. coffee keeps you up. So it's, like, it's kind of perfect.
2: I um, Yeah, being slightly high to context. Yeah, slightly time. high. That's yeah. the key. It makes everything less annoying yeah. Slightly funnier. I, I, I have figured it able out to handle yet. business. Yeah, and do my thing, and so yeah, like poor man's speedball. I'll get like a cup of coffee, be slightly high, and that there will be like a perfect pocket. Yeah, of feeling like I'll, I don't yeah. mind being here. I when don't you're mind in that space, space that's line nice. For the bathroom. I don't mind. Yeah, smelly. I mean, I do mind smelly people. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. It
1: just makes everything be like I don't give a shit. You just mind as much. less. You mind less about everything. Yeah. But yeah, for for
0: me, it's just about knowing your dose, and I just need the like knowing that that's three the milligrams, and I am right where I want to be. Yeah, and that's very low. Three
1: and I will split one, and um, the the nice thing about that is like we know what that's going to do. That's a good thing about the edibles because you right. know exactly what it's going to do. Right. Or even if you're smoking, I don't exactly know what I'm getting. Yeah, you never know. But like um, JD Metler uh, lives out here now. Do you know JD? Colorist yeah. worked at X Mike. Yeah, somebody, I remember yeah. him from Johnny
0: Roger.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he lives out here now. And uh, we'll, we'll meet up and he'll give me an edible. And like, I'm still just an like, idiot high school guy where I just like take it. I don't even know what it is and I'll take it. I don't know how much careful, it is. Man. But he's been doing it for a while. So, like, it affects him differently. Like, and, if someone were to eat this cookie, yeah, this is 50 milligrams of THC. See, that's what lose, Serena and I did when we I first moved out. We thought it was like one like one serving. Right. And we took one at one point and we just sat on the couch and listened to records and giggled all day. Yeah. And it was great, but at the same time, that day was gone. Yeah, like, you were was, invalid. Yeah. Yeah. I have been. that's what my first edible experience was like. My problem now is like, they, they're they in your system for so long and I'll take them like in the evening once I'm done with work and it it's in effect, like into the night. Sure. Like I get up in the middle of the night to go pee because I'm an yeah. old man and I'm stoned. I'm, yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's like four o'clock in the morning and I'm stone going yeah. to pee. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I got the schedule off, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still learning. That's the thing. It's like, it, yeah, well, it is new to me.
0: But you're learning in an environment where you have information.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. That's... And that's a great thing is like, I can go, we go to like certain dispensaries too where the people are so nice and
0: knowledgeable and knowledgeable yeah, And it
1: doesn't feel like you're just walking in with a bunch of stoners and like where they're Whoa. just got glassy eyes. No, they can talk you through. That's it. what
0: surprised me. It was how professional it all was. So yeah. back to the story I was telling about with Denver. Um, that was the thing that really got me. It was like, you don't just walk in and go like pick up some shit and walk up to the registry. You walk in and you're like, there's a, I hate the word bud tender, but that's what they call That's
1: it. what they call them.
0: Yeah. Oh. So you have a person who's like, "All right, tell me what you like. Tell me what you're looking for." And like you have this awesome, co- they're almost, it's almost like a console.
1: Yeah. And well, like the people by it. us, they were just like, "Well, what do you? What are you looking to accomplish?" Right. Exactly. Like, exactly. are you are you doing this for pain? Are you doing this to just chill out? Are you right. doing it to like pep up a bit? So they're trying to figure out what it is that you're wanting to get yeah. from it. Yeah. They're and not just they like go get you. high man. Yeah. Yeah. But then they also they always bring me the jar and have me smell it. I'm just like. Cool. It smells like weed. Yeah. You'll I don't know the difference.
0: To, you'll start to... The differences are there. You'll start to smell... Oh, I'm that. sure it is. Yeah. I mean, like, something like Blueberry Kush, it's like, oh, shit, that does smell berry-ish. Like, yeah. And then, like, we smoked mint cookies the other week, and it's like mint... menthol almost. Mint cookies.
1: The, the thing is, they also start... To, they need to get away from the hippie names. They need to actually start naming them something that makes you feel like you're not at, like... Well, a, dude, this one right here is called Ice Queen. That's what I'm saying, though. It's like, <laughs> and I don't then, want to have to go in and be like, "Hey, man, I need some green monster." I I feel like, <laughs> you know, it's like if it if it is this legitimate business, I feel like it needs to be something where I can go in and feel like an adult. More like coffee names. I mean, something just like, uh, uh, let me let me tell you more the scientific part of it. Let me give me just a name, just not a goofy name. Oh, I don't want so to feel sterile. like a. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing. It's like I don't need to feel like I'm at a Grateful Dead concert. I just need to tell you what I'm looking for I got and, you. I and get, you. get it.
0: Well, there's stuff like this, Jack which I, I always like. Jack It's a great strain. Lil Sativa leaning. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, a lot of them are hippieish, but there's other ones. Like what's this one called? Shanti's gift. Oh yeah, that's hippie. See what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what I'm yeah, saying. There, there's definitely that's a that's a, element to. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean it's fine. It's fine. So now you're buying weed
1: for your kid. God, that sounds so horrible.
0: I can't believe this is man. what I
1: choose to talk about. But yeah, it's like I don't think it's horrible. I think it's not horrible. Weed, it's not a
0: bad it's thing. It's illegal for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's been stigmatized. But the honest, if you're honest about it, it's like this is not a bad thing. Like it's okay to to give your kid a beer, but not a joint. Like. But he's Beer not even is so going out more...
1: like partying and stuff like that. He's not going and driving. But, but that's what I'm saying is like... He's responsible about it's it. It's much worse to give your kid alcohol than weed. Totally agree. So, uh,
0: that's... My wife, like, would wrestle with this. She's a daily smoker. And she'd be like, I don't know if we should talk to them about... I mean, she was like, we should talk to them, but I don't want them having... I don't want them to feel like it's we're accepting of them doing it. Like, we know they're going to do it, but we don't need to make them feel comfortable doing it. I'm like... I'll give him a glass of bourbon
1: with dinner and leave the safer. She's like, yeah, you're right. But she's just wrapped up but in But see, that's stigma. what I'm saying. It's like it's like even going here, like going into a shop, Like I feel like like I'm on an episode of Cops because it's we, been beaten into me right, my right. whole life. It's been stigmatized, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's, there's nothing wrong with it.
0: No, not at all. I mean, look, we, we at a young age, um, my son would have a little trouble sleeping, and uh,
1: Jim actually mailed me a, this bottle of CBDs and. It, just help them. You just put a bag over it and blow some smoke into it and <laughs> it goes right to sleep. It's but fine. Yeah, so CB, so now my daughter's smoking and she enjoys How it. old
0: is she? She's 17. Okay. But she's done it like 10 times within the past six months.
1: Just for like a relaxation thing? No,
0: just, just hanging out with like, friends, like yeah. e- experimenting with it, getting to know it. And then, you know, so she'll be like, like... They know we smoke, and Steph smokes every night. So she'll be like, "Can I have a hit tonight?" Yeah. And Steph's like, "Not until you're 18. And I'm like, I respect. Like I'm going along with it because
1: that's important to her. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, what "Does it fucking matter?" Right. Would you rather do it in front of you guys or behind your backs?
0: Well, you right, know? right, and what we've always said, like, it's not a problem if you do it. So, like, right. I remember picking her up from her friend's house. The first night she'd do it, and I knew she, there was going to be weed there, and I picked her up, and she just, I could see it all over her. You could smell it. You're like, no, oh, you, you smell it. You smell
1: like a cookie monster kush. <laughs> sort <of like> that. <laughs> I could just see it. Like,
0: I know what to look for. Like, my yeah, parents yeah. didn't, so they never saw it. So, uh, I didn't say anything, because, like, she's high. I don't want to bug her. I just kind of pumped up the music. We had some kid and She was grooving. Oh, yeah. So, the next morning, I was like, how high were you last night? And she started laughing. Yeah. I was like, it's fine. Like, we not care. So like now she'll come back and it's like, let's have a discussion. Like how did you smoke tonight? Tonight we did gravity hits. Alright. She's like, I greened
1: out. And I took too much. And I'm like greened out like it's too much weed. See, like, it's the thing. It's like she's already cooler than me. I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, I mean... This
0: is the kids these days. Kids I've these never days. Heard that
2: expression either.
0: <laughs> that's the, that's what they say. Green out. You know, like when you have when you eat an edible, it's too much and you're like, you green out.
1: Okay. But the good thing about like greening out, like you just go to bed. Right. Right. You know? You don't get in a car and go to sleep. You freak out and shit. sweat a
0: little and then you fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're not gonna end up in a hospital, you're not gonna hurt anyone.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we should make this whole podcast about just talking about weed and drinking.
0: I'm in Portland, and that's all I've been doing.
1: <laughs> so it's
0: kind of right in line with my trip. Jesus. But I do, I do think it's interesting that it was nothing that was really a part of your life, and you move here and it's legal, and
1: now
3: yeah.
0: you're
1: you're. I mean, that's the thing. I did it in college and stuff like that, and it was fine. I did it, you know, from time to time at parties if I were to go there. And it but was it was available. nothing
0: you ever, like, were like, I love this, want to do it
1: more. I wouldn't even know where to get it in Georgia. Yeah, I mean, if I really wanted to, I'd probably just, just go, to call me I would have gone go to my friend like, Sean. No. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's how you make extra money on the side because you can't live on comic salary. You, uh, you just I'm sober. not dealing with it. I'll just connect you to the dude. Well, you're missing out, man. Apparently, that's Dude, weird. I tried dealing with it in college. I just ended up smoking all of it. You all your profits. The uh, yeah yeah I mean I don't know like life in a lot of ways have changed since we moved to Portland and I mean, we went well we kind of went buck wild when we first got here too because how so well when we were in Georgia it was we were parents we were dealing with we were coaching cross country we, were, we had all these kids I wasn't just feeding my kids like they were you know six seven cross country kids would come over every day and hang out. Oh. So I was feeding all them. You kind of have to keep your shit together. You can't just be like, you know, drunk pop pop in front of all these kids for right. the most part. Right. And it was just a different lifestyle. Sure. So you know more responsibility. And the house in 2017 was this weird shift where when when we moved out here, we got a pod. We're going to move like the Portland essential stuff in the pods, beds, stuff like that, things we had to
0: live in. Mobile storage unit things?
1: Yeah, Uh, exactly. Okay. But then once, so my job, Serena was already at her, my job was to actually purge all of the shit that we'd accumulated for the past 20 something years. So we had like an insane amount of shit, just stuff that you accumulate. Now, these are things that like, I always thought I needed to just be a dad or whatever. I mean, I had I had a chainsaw. I had a <laughs> chainsaw on the end of a fucking po- a pole. That, it's like you <laughs> needed maybe once. It was like it was like a like a like Mad Max, like Thunderdome yeah. shit. Um and that was just like in the garage and like the attic was just full of stuff. So my job was just just get rid of everything. And I swear I had a breakdown when I had to do that kind of stuff. Because just getting rid of everything that you'd accumulated, because all the stuff that I'd been collecting, in case I needed it, and sometimes I did, and sometimes I didn't, but right. like I, it was always there, and I always had room for it, but I knew just physically moving it out here was going to be a problem. It's right. going to be expensive. So, but my job was to go through everything what and get rid of it. What was the breakdown about? Was just getting rid of just ridded. the
0: overwhelming like task of doing it all.
1: I was having yard sales where you'd sell <clears throat> your chainsaws and and your just tools and like I kept a lot of that stuff, but just <clears throat> you know, like containers for the kitchen and like just you know crock pots and everything, just everything that you accumulate in a suburban life. Right. And I was getting rid of everything, pennies on the dollar. I could just see it go. And I had like had a friend of mine that was just like, "Oh, it's great you made seven hundred bucks." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I just sold ten thousand dollars worth of shit that I bought over the past twenty right, years for right. seven hundred bucks." Okay, okay. And like, I, I may have to buy more of it. I may not. But like, part of it, I actually felt good doing that purge. We call it the purge of 2017 mm-hmm. now. And it sometimes it feels good. Sometimes it just it's crushing. And like, I got to a point where I just like. It, <laughs> I can't get rid of everything. I can't. Right. right. And it was rough. And, like, and Serena at one point in college she was like, just, just get a storage unit. Like, 100 bucks a month in Georgia, get a storage unit. Whatever you can't sell or don't want to sell, put in the storage unit. Okay. The bulk of it was, like, office stuff. Okay. You know, like, I've got, like, a drafting table that belonged to, like, Brian Stelfree's. Right. You
0: have that table. You offered yeah. that to me at one point. I was going to I did. You. And you were like, nah. No. Well, I wanted it. I just had nowhere to put it because I thought it would be
1: great to have for my daughter. You have no place to put it. Yeah. Exactly. I put it in a storage unit. Right now, it's in my basement. I don't need it. It's still not being used. still not being used. (laughs) It's a nice table. It is a nice table. I mean, technically, now it's Jay's. Like, I gave it to Jay. okay. So, he has it. He was an intern with Brian for like a year. He's got that connection. Um, So, eventually, he'll have a space that he has it and he uses it. But it's that kind of stuff. Right. stupid shit so did you from
0: having have done that were you like we really don't need all the shit
1: we think we do yeah but i moved here to like a 900 square foot house where you couldn't you physically could not put all that crap in there right and it felt freeing it f- i felt like i've I heard that from people who do that zen, zen buddhist that. you know where i did like yep I've heard like samurai thing like- yeah yeah, you just get down to the essentials. And it's I, yeah, it was great. And like I've always been pretty minimal when it comes to my studio stuff anyway. Like I years ago, I got rid of like all my studio stuff and worked in a recliner. Yeah, I, of, I remember that. I was yeah, I remember that in your house. Cuz it was more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you got worked a recliner. You, you were on your laptop. It wasn't so comfortable. No, I mean, like before I had <coughs> um I had the antique the monitor, the bigger one at the time. Um mm-hmm. And it was on one of the arms. And I could just pull um, it over in front, in front of me. Control, yeah. yeah. And it was attached, like, firmly to this thing, to the side. So I could basically just, like, swing it across. I put my blanket you, on my lap. I Papa. had my cat. I was, <laughs> you man. I was like, oh man. Yeah. But I'd sit there and just crank <laughs> out work. Since then, I've gotten one of the, the mobile studio pro things, the Boycoms.
0: Oh. Yeah, oh the tablets.
1: Right. The, um, the, uh, are you talking about the companion? Yeah. Yeah. It it's was like, like a like, laptop. Yeah. One? yeah. 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 So I've been using that, like, since just before I moved out here because I used it cross-country trip as well. Right. Like, you, you can work anywhere with that thing. Right. I think I remember you on Facebook posting about that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can work. For, the good thing is that you can work from anywhere. Right. The bad thing is that you can work from anywhere. Right. Right. You get no disconnect from it whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I started working in a recliner. It's not some big cushy like you know old man recliner. Yeah, it was you know you still had to sit up. Right. You couldn't sleep in it or anything like that. <laughs> I tried <laughs> sometimes. But yeah, I started to downsize with that then. But just that that process of of purging everything and like we were we'd keep keepsakes of stuff. We keep kids' drawings, you know, sure, when little the portfolios of that shit. Start throwing that stuff out, and it hurts. Yeah, that would be hard to get rid of. I got this. I have I was going through my basement the other day and there was a box down there. It's about a foot-by-foot foot box. And it was labeled keepsake teeth. And I was like, what You're the one fuck of is those this? People? I'm not one of those people, but my wife was one oh of those people. Oh my god. And I opened this thing up, and all it is is baggies of teeth that the kids leave. We look it's like a meth head that's oh, just like collecting right, his teeth. Right. Yeah. And first off, you don't need a foot by foot box. Dude, yeah, I am like, get rid of that shit when it falls out. I don't yes. want to save it. It's gross. It is so gross. But that's the kind of shit that we moved across country. Okay. <laughs> right. That right. was one of the cross country moves. That was number three with the U haul. Right. So you, we even talked about this on here. You you took four cross country road trips yeah. to completely move out of here. Two of them made sense. The first one was to get Serena out of here to start a job, the second one was to get the kids out of here. And all of, like, we were following the pod where we we're moving in. So she was out here for a good six months before you came? It was like February, February, March, April, May, June, five months, yeah.
3: Okay.
1: Um, and it was rough just being apart. But we would. Right, that's what I was gonna ask. Digitally, is great though, because, like, we could actually, like, the time was off, mm-hmm. but she was living with JD Mettler. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. And so, but that was like a two hour commute. And it was a shitty commute, but the good thing was like every day I could talk to her for two hours doing that. Oh, okay. And then um then she moved into the rental that we got when we first moved here mm-hmm. and we would like like sit at night and um we'd put the same thing on Netflix and start at the same time. Oh. So we we're watching the same thing and we'd so do so FaceTime. Yeah. So we'd we'd still be kinda hanging out. So having that available made it a lot easier. I couldn't yeah. imagine not having that.
0: Yeah, that'd be really hard.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, trip number two was the U-Haul. Or, no, trip number two was the trip with the kids. We brought two cars out, and we moved here, met the pod, moved in. Mm-hmm. Trip number three was cleaning out the storage unit from the purge of 2007, all the shit that I couldn't get rid of, like a mannequin. Why I couldn't get rid of a mannequin, I don't know. But what kind of mannequin? It's just a mannequin. Like a store man. I used to dress him up in like street clothes and put him in my kid's bathroom to scare the shit out of him. <laughs> I'd just move him yeah. around the house.
0: That's so awesome.
1: It was one time.
0: Why couldn't you get rid of this? Well, it was
1: fun. It was great. I named him Manny. So like, <laughs> and, and I'd break him down too, and like put him away for a while so they wouldn't get used to him. Mm-hmm. And then like I remember was one time, I didn't know who was going upstairs. We were in Georgia. I didn't know who was going to go upstairs at the time, but like one of them would always go upstairs to the bathroom. And I'd dress him in street clothes and like put him to where the light was coming in from behind him so you couldn't see his face. So still wet. And Max went up first. And all I heard upstairs was, No! No! <laughs> and I went upstairs and he was curled into a ball on the floor outside the bathroom. It just terrified him. <laughs> I'm just I'm not a good person. You're, you're a sick man. man,
0: yeah. man. I, I like it. Um, all right. And also, you have celiac. Yeah. So it's a gluten allergy.
1: Yeah, it's not an allergy. It's an autoimmune thing. Um, um, but it's triggered by... Yeah.
3: ...brains?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I found it in my 30s. Like, all of my 20s kind of sucked. Like.
0: How did it manifest itself?
1: Um, it was weird because it doesn't kind of come up on you where you're just like, you just feel like shit all the time and you got to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine just kind of kind of crept up on me where it'd be little things. Like, you'd go to the doctor because, like, you've got migraines, like, every day. Okay. And they, they band-aid it. Right, right. Because you go to the doctor and they're like, oh, you've got this? I'm going to give you this drug. Right, right. You've got acid reflux. Oh, I'm going to give you this drug. Right. You know, but it just got to the point where I just had this, I was just gray. Like, I'm not tan or anything anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty pasty, but I was gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was also working, and, like, rolled gold pretzels were my thing, man. And I just, I'd have one, like, in my mouth and one on deck. Like, <laughs> constantly, like, as I was working. And I just was sick. But it was normal. Right. Because it, You live this way. Yeah, you just get used to it. You get used to anything. So what, how did you figure out? You know, a gluten thing. Uh, I give it all the credit to my sister because she's got the same thing. It's hereditary. Okay. She had the same thing. She thought she had uh, something else, something way worse than celiac. Celiac is actually not that bad. If you just don't eat wheat, you know, it's fine. Um, but I think she thought she had lupus. She thought she had lupus. I was lupus. just about to say it was a lupus Yeah, that's autoimmune. Yep. And um, she did the blood test. And it's kind of a tricky one to actually figure out if you have it or not because... You either have to get um, get the sample in your colon to where they actually go in, it's kind of invasive, and they take a little snip and Sounds get it. Like it. That's the hundred percent they'll know one hundred percent. Right. Or um they'll do a blood test. And the blood test has to be pretty specific. Like like you can't just go in today and just be like, Yeah, give me a you know, blood test for celiac. Because okay. your body actually has to be able to register it. Okay. So what you do is you eat a lot of wheat right before the test. Like, you'll eat bagels and beer and stuff like that. And basically what your body does is reject it. It has a reaction to it. And that's what they're looking for in the test. Um, And it actually, like, celiac doesn't even always kick in until a certain time. Like, I didn't technically have celiac until I was probably in my 20s. Okay. But I gave blood when I was 18, and it was rejected because there was some weirdness going on. It was like a hepatitis B antibody or something that it registered as. Okay. So that must have freaked you out. It did. Yeah, I was like, "Well, how would you get hepatitis B?" And they're like, "Oh, you know, it's like uh, homosexual sex or drug use, like swapping needles." <laughs> I'm like, "What are they doing these things? I didn't do this. I was 18." Um, it's like I blacked out at a couple of parties, but I don't. I don't think that happened. Um, so, so yeah. So this was in my mid. 30s. And Sally called me up and she was like, you need to go get tested for celiac. She was like, I just got tested. I have celiac. It's hereditary. We have the same symptoms. Just go get tested. I'm like, I'm fine. I'll get tested, but I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I drink beer all the time. I love beer. right?" And uh, yeah. Did the whole thing. Did the whole like eating a bunch of bagels and drinking a bunch of beer the weekend before went and got tested and got a they didn't even call me I just got like a it was like I had a like call in for a voice recording and they were like yes you have celiac if you have any questions give us a call I'm like well yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I I stopped I stopped eating wheat and luckily this is where it all kind of becomes like I'm lucky in a lot of ways because Serena the work that she was doing for Bob's was for Dietary restriction. Right. So she was already doing, like, developing recipes for gluten intolerance, soy mm-hmm. intolerance, dairy intolerance. She she couldn't have dairy at the time. Yeah, I, I, I
0: stay away from dairy, like, a lot, but not entirely.
1: Most people have problems with dairy. Yeah. I mean, if I have a little cheese on a hamburger, that's fine. But yeah. I don't ever drink milk. I just recently gave up dairy. And I don't like it. I like cheese, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I eat such little... Like, if I have a big thing of ice cream, which I enjoy,
1: I'll feel it. Ice cream is the big trigger for me. Yeah, I'll feel it, but I'm not giving up ice cream. I would go to Costco and buy two-pound log of American cheese. Oh. Now, American cheese, you, you poo-poo it right away, but this <laughs> was the American cheese that's a little bit more deli-like, so it's got that snap. Yeah. You know, it's not the floppy, like, Kraft right. singles, yeah. you know? So, and I would just sit there and eat it, like... I'd snap it into fourths and eat yeah. it on <laughs> I would go through a log of cheese, yeah, I don't eat cheese in like two that. weeks. Oh my god. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, the celiac thing, like as soon as I got off off wheat, I stopped having migraines, stopped having acid reflux. Did you feel like I regained you this beautiful pallor that I have, you
0: know? Yeah. Did do you feel like you were bloated and then
1: after that like you deflated kinda? Kinda. So and you lost load. some significant weight. No, no, no. The lucky people lose weight. Some people lose weight because they're they're eating wheat. Like Sally lost a ton of weight because she was my sister. She lost a ton of weight because she was eating wheat. Oh, so she gained weight. She gained weight after she got right, off of it. Right, right. I never really. So being um, having celiac in Georgia is an interesting place to have it. I it mean, sucks, think. and the yeah. only reason I got through it was because of my wife being able right. to cook. Because we didn't go out that often. Yeah, I remember she made
0: some really delicious things. Like those cheese sausage balls. Oh,
1: yeah. Sausage balls are what I would live on at conventions. Yes, yes. I probably smelled horrible, but... Those were delicious. It just smelled like garlic. I remember every time you had something at your house, they were there. Yeah. So good. Yeah,
0: they they were the best. So you move out here, and it's like... Well, everything you have gluten free options everywhere here. I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, I mean, just so like walking to the coffee shop before we came and did this, right. it's like they had gluten free bread that I could have on a sandwich. Right. I remember, like I, I was saying to
0: Jim, like, "Well, Tony's coming. If we go there for breakfast, it's all sandwiches." And as I'm saying, I'm like, "Oh, you're in Portland,"
1: and then Jim's like,
0: "Yeah, in Portland, I think you're good."
1: Yeah, it's like every place has options. Right. There were places too. Like, there's a there's a food truck over in Laurelhurst um, that does fried chicken. The guy's from Atlanta and he has gluten free fried chicken. Oh shit. And mashed potatoes and corn and little fried pickles. And what it's that? so good. So, it's good fried chicken? Oh, yeah. It's really good fried chicken. And it'll do like, like kind of big chicken nuggets and stuff. And there's a bowl of it. Oh. And the mashed potatoes are kind of peppery. It kind of reminds me of like old school KFC, but in a good way. It's like what your brain remembers the good parts of KFC. Yeah, I don't
0: think the food truck would want to be. And I know, probably not. But they also do, like,
1: <laughs> they do Korean stuff, too. Like, that's the one oh, that I Oh, Korean give. fried chicken is yeah. the best. Yeah. I wish I could remember the name of it because I gave him a plug. But it's, uh... Yeah, like, Laurelhurst, there's, like, a little batch of food trucks, right? Right, like, a block from the Laurelhurst Theater. Mm-hmm. Um mm. You know what I'm talking I about? exactly what you're talking about. Yep. It's got, like, the wolf mural yes. on the building right oh, up there. Oh, we
0: walked by yesterday.
1: We should... So, that was up the, um, um... But there's a wolf meal over there. Yeah, yeah. This is a different... If you go there, you gotta let me know because I'm going to eat some fried chicken. I can't not eat the fried chicken there. Every time we go, like... Okay. It's so good. Maybe just go there today. I could go there today. I could eat fried chicken. Especially if they have Korean fried chicken. I do. I know know.
2: exactly what you're talking about. That's
1: the bomb shit. It's so good. (laughs) And that guy's from Atlanta. So he knows fried chicken.
0: Yeah, yeah. I imagine so. So, um... It's been a good move for
1: you. yeah. Yeah, I mean any big move like that where you've lived your entire life in one area of a country and you move to a totally different area, it's it's foreign feeling. Yeah, that's nice. But that's a good thing, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I like that. you need to
0: shake Steph it up. That. I'm I'm at the point where I'm like in five years it's time to move. Yeah. Like I would move right now, but I'm. Um, I understand with Steph what's going on. Um But also the kids are embedded in
1: schools and friends. But when Zach's done with high school, let's go. It gets tough, like a big move, like cross country. It's been weird. There's definitely been some... Like, I miss the community in Atlanta. Like, I know you guys don't see each other that much. Yeah. But knowing that you're there... It's yeah. different. And, when and knowing we do that I can throw together, a party.
0: There's like a camaraderie. We're yeah.
1: Like, hey, man. And I still get that, too. Just going to, like, sure. I still feel well, like you're South East Like, yeah. when we formed that Atlanta group after you moved, we like, we got to invite Tony in. You don't always have to fucking invite me. You guys didn't invite me to my going away party. What? Did you not know about this? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. This is a good This is a good story. <laughs> so I was, look, so the big move was happening and stuff. And, like, I was there by myself. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think I had sold the house and had packed it up and was ready to go. And Matt Wilson and Kevin was doing, they were going to do my going away party. So they talked to me a while back about like a week or two prior to that. Hey, do you want to do this going away party? I was like, yeah, sure. And uh, never anything else. I was like, all right, well, you know, I guess it just dropped. No big deal. Like Stuff like that always drops. And this one like Saturday, (laughs) Reber, Brian Reber texted me. He was like, sorry, man, I can't make it to your going away party. I'm like, what? And I, he was like, yeah, I can't make it to your going away party. Sorry. You know, I'll see you at a con or something like that. And so I was like, uh, I don't know anything about a going away party, but um, cool. <laughs> so I, 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 I texted, I went back to the thread and texted Kevin, Kevin Mellon and um, Matt Wilson. And I was like, are you guys, are you guys doing a going away party? And they're like, yeah, 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 of course, it's the night, you know. I was like, you guys never invited me. <laughs> and they're like, yes, we did. And they went back and started looking at their texts. They sent out this whole email chain. All these people I would come. Okay, They never invited me. <laughs> they forgot to invite me. This was it was like a Seinfeld episode. Yeah, pop up doesn't get invited to, to my own going away party. party. <laughs> it was like a wake that I wasn't invited to. <laughs> yeah, they, so. Yeah, I still get invites to random Atlanta things as a joke. Yeah, that's what Yeah, that's what we included you in that. Um, all right, well, that was it. Are, a... are you feeling it? Is it feeling No,
0: like no, no. We, we've we gone like an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, it's really? It's been good, yeah. That's good. We uh, haven't even talked about work stuff, which I don't need to talk about. Yeah. Because...
1: Is there anything you were wanting to talk about that we didn't talk nah, about? No, I'm good. All right, cool. Good. Well, thank you, Tony. My uh my my kid smokes weed, and we, he gets on grinder and... And, um, I, I think that's the oh, takeaway for I you. think that's a great story <laughs> alright thanks Tony yeah man
3: clock tick faster, that'll be the hour they knock the slick blaster, dig dastardly and muttly with sick laughter, a gunfight and they come to cut the mix master, ICE cold, nice to be old, y 2 g Steve twice to threefold, he sold scrolls, low and behold, know who's the illest ever, like the greatest story told, keep your glory gold and glitter, for half half of his niggas to take him out the picture, the other half is rich and it don't mean shit to, Fillin' a mixture between both, with a twist of liquor, chasing with more beer, tasting like truth for dear. When he at the mic, it's like the place get like, oh yeah. It's like they know what's about to happen. Just keep your eye out like I, I capping. Is he still a fly guy clapping if nobody ain't hear it? And can they testify from in the spirit? No. And living the true gods. Giving y'all nothing but the lick like two broads. Got more lyrics In the church, got ooh lords. And he hold the mic at your attention like two swords. That. Or you the one with two blades on it. Hey, you don't touch the mic like it's aids on it. Yeah. It's like the end to the means. Fuck type of message that sends to the fiends. That's why he bring his own needles. And get more cheese than Doritos, Cheetos or Fritos. Slip like Freudian. Your first and last step to playing yourself like accordion. When he at the mic, you don't go next. Leaving pussy cats like why hoes need Potex. Exercise index won't need Bowflex. And won't take the one with no skinny legs like Joe Tex.